Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Sabi Sema Era podcast here on Spidey-Dude.com, powered by the Spidey Dude Radio Network. Before we get started, we got to thank our friends over at Patreon.com slash Spidey Dude Network. Finkman, Scott, Greg, Kale, Phoenician, Georgia, Cindy, Jessica, Catherine, Kegar, Laura, Master Dramon, Ed Reynolds, Allison Farquhar, Vicky, Scott, Janelle, and Vanessa. Thank you guys for your support over on Patreon.com slash Network. What do you get if you're over there on Patreon? Well, you're going to get some exclusive podcasts with the Spidey Experience, going to get the exclusive Books of X podcasts, as well as the video version of Voices from the Eerie, a Gargoyles podcast. That is going to be the home for all the, all the video episodes of that particular show moving forward. So if you haven't checked it out, go over there, become a $5 patron and up, and you get to have access to the full Patreon page. But if you just want to support us and give us a buck, we got $1, $5, $15, and $25 tiers. The higher the, the higher the tiers, the more perks you get. So check us out over on patreon.com slash Network, And be sure to join our Discord. Go over to spidey-dude.com, click the Discord link at the top of the page, and it will take you to our Discord. Join us where we uh, have discussions, and every single show has its own spot on our discord so thanks for listening and we will see you on the next episode Welcome to the spectacular Sal Basima Era podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. Joining me in recording sessions, Leo, but on the sidelines, helping me out with the Acts of Vengeance of Loki, as basically is what they should have been called, um, is Drew from Screen Rant. Hey. Hello. Hello. You know what? If it was printed today, it would have been called the Acts of Vengeance of Loki. It's true. Yeah. Because Loki doesn't play a big part in Spider's books, but, you know, he's the behind-the-scenes villains going on in all the other books that we've talked about. Like, uh, I picked up some X-Factor, and he uh, tries to coerce uh, Apocalypse into joining the Acts of Vengeance. And Apocalypse is just like, get the hell out of here, you miscreant. I'm older than you, because I'm as old as freaking time. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, I don't know how far back Egyptian uh, mythology goes versus Norse mythology, so that was a very interesting argument between Loki and Apocalypse, because Apocalypse is as old as, you know, ancient Egypt, and Loki is a Norse god, so whenever Norse mythology was established versus Egyptian, good question, huh? Indeed. Quite. Yeah, I, I would think Egyptian would be older. Possibly, but, I mean, recorded history-wise, maybe, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, because North mythology is from 790 C to 1100 CE, and I know Egyptian uh, was, what, like 4,000? Let's kick it off with Amazing Spider-Man 327, continuing the Acts of Vengeance cosmic Spider-Man storyline with this great bit of villainy. I am Magneto, Master of Magnet. <laughs> Magneto, the Master of Magnets, attacks Spider-Man. And Drew's going to go over the plot synopsis real quick for us before we go through the issue. Super duper psych. Thank you, Dr. Chris. Uh, yes. So continuing, we're picking up from the web of Spider-Man uh, 59, which you, if you didn't pay attention to that, you can check it on our, our last episode. So this, this one is a big deal because this is one of the earliest works of Eric Larson, who uh, later we know as the co-creator of, well, creator of Savage Dragon. 
making his kind of Marvel debut, uh, or at least early, one of his earlier ones. So we have writer David Michelini, Eric Larson, Al Gordon, Bob Sharon, uh, Rich Parker. So that's writer, penciler, inker, colorist, letterer, and of course the editor is Jim Salicro. Uh, this is uh, December 1989. So following his last battle, we dealt with the Puma, and I believe it was Titania, in yes. which seriously dealing with a lot of power, Peter is continues to test his powers. He can shape any his webbing into anything with his mind, creating a giant model of the atomic structure just because why. Uh, Mary Jane asked the question, uh, wow, this is new. Uh, Peter's like, eh, this is this is not what my big deal is because I'm being attacked by villains I've never fought or haven't seen in quite a long time. So Peter, naturally being worried about anybody else but himself, is worried that he's going to kill somebody. Mary Jane does her, uh, does her duty before one more day wiped it out of helping to clean up the webbing, while Peter is like, wow, I wonder what would happen if I wasn't married to Mary Jane. Huh. No, no pun intended. So later, uh, in the evil wizard's lair, the lizard, uh, lizard, the wizard is reading about Spider-Man's battle with Titania. He tells Magneto, uh, Kingpin and Doctor Doom, about this new power, and the Kingpin is like, "This is crazy. Uh, he's never had this." They said that they need to find somebody new, and so Magneto offers because, but everyone's shocked because Magneto is is a big player. Why would you have one of the big bosses get involved? Um, but Magneto's like, yeah, but nobody would expect this, so this actually might give us some sort of advantage. Um, he also says that he has a personal interest to investigate. But, of course, the real person observing all this, Dr. Doom, is wondering how this is going to affect him. And, of course, would rather kill Magneto if his interests affect him. Once again, Peter and Mary Jane are supporting, yet again, Flash Thompson in his new thing about being a boxer. We meet his new girlfriend, Blaze. Uh, yes. Um, so basically, uh, while Flash Thompson is getting hit and not worrying about the risks, the second he's out of the picture, Blaze hits on Peter. And of course, Mary Jane is like, fuck off. Um, Blaze gets the hint, goes to back to Flash. But unfortunately, Peter is like, yeah, I've got to go, babe. We have Magneto arriving in Central Park, who naturally is thinking about the upcoming war between humans and mutants. So he believes that Spider-Man is actually a mutant which is a constant mistake because he's not a mutant. He is a, a radioactive accident, but everybody believes this. So he believes that this is because of a mutant ability manifesting. Uh, you have one of my favorite moments when a jogger makes fun of Magneto's costume. The guy, Magneto literally uses his powers to press the man's headphones to his ear. Worrying that he's going to draw any attention, Magneto just decides to chill on a park bench in Central Park and wait. Peter is still figuring out what the heck happened, but of course, Dr. Lubish is suspicious and tells him, get the hell out. So Peter decides, hey, I'm just going to go test myself. So he goes to an auto wrecking yard in Brooklyn to test out his powers. Um, while this is happening, of course, how nobody would never know to this, that one of the guys is like, hey, I'm going to call this into the news stations. While Peter is testing this out and the news is standing... So uh, the the long story short is that uh, it's Spider Man defeat makes mincemeat of Magneto as it said on the cover doesn't like the fact the fact that he has to fly and Magneto realizes he's not the ally he's going he was thinking Spider Man is uh, in the war against uh, humankind Spider Man of course is uh, worried about what's going to come next and we get a preview of what's going to come next and amazing as the Gray Hulk will show up but I digress. 
back to the issue proper. Spider-Man is talking about when he last... Uh, wow, Drew just completely disappeared. Spider-Man's talking a little bit about uh, when did he fight Titana and Trapster last? Uh, now, Leo, you know what the uh, rolling timeline is Marvel has, correct? Yes. Okay, so in Marvel's rolling timeline, he would have fought Titania less than a year... about a year ago. And uh, the Trapster about two years ago, even though he hasn't fought the Trapster in the real time of when this took place, possibly over a decade. I, I know with continuity, it's always, uh, you know, uh, fun fun to play around with. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I like the rolling timeline, you know, because anything can happen anytime. I have to point out how much of a bitch this woman blazes. As soon as Flash walks away, she starts trying to cozy up to Peter until Mary Jane's just like, and you want two black eyes? <laughs> <laughs> right here, I think this issue encompasses Eric Larson, which, by the way, this is our first appearance of Eric Larson on the show. Uh, Eric Larson's ability to draw the way he does. If you read current issues of Savage Dragon, I always thought that this issue in particular really shows off the way he draws over in uh, Savage Dragon um, very similarly. Like his style for Amazing Spider-Man would change and alter here and there. It would still be the same, but there are certain key issues of his runs on Amazing Spider-Man and Spider-Man that really show off how he would draw over in Savage Dragon, especially the way he would draw women. Okay, what the hell? I was literally finishing the summary, and then I realized, and nobody's there. No, don't worry about it. We're moving on anyway, because we, we're crunched for time. So uh, we're just going over Eric Larson's artwork and comparing this issue to his run on Savage Dragon, especially the way he draws women in particular, like oh, Blaze and Mary Jane. Um, the similarities are so there. His absolute mm -hmm. ridiculous... Um, I don't know, what 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 would you, what would you call the model that Spider-Man makes with his web, web webbing in the first uh on the first page? Um, let me see it again so I can clarify. Bottle that? Are you talking about this little atomic structure of? Yes. Atoms? Like, what is the model supposed to be of? It's a. It's an. I think they said it was an atom. Like he was. He was scale model uh, of the atomic structure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Scale model of the atomic structure. Which I mean, again, in terms of scope and power. I was like, wow, that's cool. But I was like, this is kind of a waste of webbing. Like, the way he draws capage in this issue is uh, mirrored so many times over in Stabbage Dragon. Like the way Magneto is standing there with his cape billowed out. And then when he's flying through the air, I've seen that copied, that exact pose copied mm -hmm. verbatim in Savage Dragon. I don't know if he just traced over his original artwork yeah. or it's just the way he could consistently draw it, but it yeah. looked. Like what I've seen in Savage Dragon for 275 issues. <laughs> and it's funny because certain things in this comic were very interesting to me. Like how he, he drew um, Kingpin like he looked like he was being inflated to to burst. Oh my like, god. That is like, like the fattest Kingpin I've ever seen. Right. You know, and then Magneto's cool. And again, as I was saying, my synopsis, I'm not really sure how far I got before I got cut off. Uh, what am I... Don't worry, we're going to clean that whole synopsis up anyway. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, well, one, I loved uh, this idea that Flash Thompson has a girl, but the second's out of the room, just like, "Hey, Mister Parker." Yeah. But, but for me, I just really enjoyed that Magneto. Like, again, it's always interesting. Yeah, there you go. It's always interesting when you see Magneto have these little reminders that he's really powerful. 
Like, and Magneto had just turned over um, the Bad Leaf once again because he had been the teacher of the New Mutants and on the good side of the X-Men since Uncanny X-Men number 200. Mm. But just prior to this, he decided to become a bad guy again in a storyline with like Rogue and the Savage Dragon. By the way, that's the story where we get Rogue. That's where we get the, the story of like Rogue and the Savage Land, Savage Land Bikini. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's where that comes from. That's when Magneto is basically like, okay, I tried, back to being a bad guy. And then a couple of years later, he would basically try to, uh, what, tilt the earth on its axis or something like that? Yeah, that's Fatal Attractions. Yeah, the whole thing where they... Oh, okay. So that's that's years later. I'm talking about the story from X-Men number one. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's where he finds out Maria Mataget kept him as a baby or something. I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. So, but so, that this this would be his uh, acts of vengeance would be his last appearance before um, that story over in X Men. Ouch. Mm-hmm. Um, he would uh, show up. He would do the best thing ever right after this. Um, the Red Skull would mouth off about how much he's a racist Nazi son of a bitch, and Magneto would be like, "By the way, I'm a Jew. You're dead." Right. Yeah, I think I think you brought that up last time too. Yeah, he um, uh, he, he imprisons Magneto. Uh, he imprisons like the Red Skull behind a wall, not really killing him because editorial will be like, you can't have Magneto kill the Red Skull. Why not? Probably Mark Grunewald was saying because Mark Grunewald wrote those issues, and Crossbones right. would dig him out. But maybe Magneto was planning on giving him like a slow suffocating death behind a wall, kind of like maybe. you know suffocating death in a gas chamber right. kind of thing. Why Magneto just didn't stick him in a gas chamber and do to him what he was done to his people? I will never know. Editorial, right? But uh, but again, as I was saying, like uh, just using someone like someone makes funny, hey, dumb costume, and then someone he literally uses the headphones to almost like crush the dude's head. I was like, that's cool. And then right. you have Spider Man and his little training in a junkyard, which I feel like that reminds me of something in some movie. I just can't. Well, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, he did training in uh, some some like uh, construction area. No, he trained in a gym. No, the Amazing Spider-Man with uh, Andrew Garfield. Yes, he trained in a gym. He didn't go to a he didn't go to a construction site or a junkyard. No, it was a construction site because he was jumping from chain to chain before nope. he. Yes, I just nope. watched it the other day. No, he. It, you're thinking of the scene where he has to go rescue the guy, the people, and uh, what's his name? The actor. Um, oh crap! What is that actor's name? The one who saved he saved his son earlier in the movie, and he's just like, "Let's align the cranes up so Spider-Man yep. can swing." Long, long before that, when he first I, got I, his powers, he he has a skateboard, and he's he's. Oh, he's, he's in an empty warehouse, but he's not in like a he's not in like, a junkyard. It's, it's, oh. No, it's a construction type area. Because there, there's these big chains, and, and uh, it, it's like an outdoor warehouse type of thing. All right. Well, my point being is, so you, you got this, and then you just have Magneto showing up, and then Peter is in the worst place ever for a fight with Magneto. You're in a junkyard. You're surrounded by metal. Like, talk about disadvantage. And Magneto's like, okay, this is going to be easy. And then Peter's like, yeah, I've got cosmic powers, bro. Like, go fuck yourself. What, well, he's never even shot out the uh, the super lasers until this point. He didn't really have them except for fighting Titana, and now he's mm-hmm. got precision control over him with the giant splash page, which would make an excellent poster, by the way, of him like zapping Magneto. And then, of course, he finds out that he can fly, and right. that does too much for him because he's like he's never yeah. been right there. Would make an excellent poster. Agreed. Um, and he he is just he's so overwhelmed, and Magneto's just like, nope, I'm out. This is this is stupid. He's I- 
just and, too heroic. He's too much like the X Men. I mm-hmm. I'm not gonna deal with this much longer. This isn't as much of a fight as like just you know Saturday morning cartoon hijinks. Yeah, this is very much a like a, a brief cartoon episode. Like you know, some dialogue, some action, and then it's like oh, I'll be back for you again, Spider Man. Bring it. You know, I did like the little Christine reference with the two cars. You know, I, I do like it when Marvel has those little cute little movie references that just is like, oh, that's nice. But doesn't, again, it's not like, oh, look at this. We made a reference. It's like, okay, cool. Good for you. I will give credit. Eric Larson drawing Spidey, like, you know, he's got the the crazy, like, right there. You know, there's no way we could do any of that posture. But, you know, to Spider-Man, that's pretty easy. It, again, this was it was nice and fun to see Spider-Man versus Magneto. Because on his own, there's no way Peter would put up I want to say, I feel like Peter could, but he'd need help. But on right. his own. Magneto is like the one villain who doesn't show up for the big reunion post acts of vengeance that will, that uh, we, I, I will just give a quick like mention to at the end of this whole thing mm-hmm. uh, because he's, he's got too many bigger fish to fry. I mean, Magneto is an A list villain, Spider Man's right. an A list character, but there's no reason to find the two of them to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and this continues into the spectacular issue we're going to come up. But I just wanted to point out real quick, by the way, the effing Snake Eyes movie should have been like the Snake Eyes trilogy, which is right here on the screen right now that we're, that we're, that Leo has up on Still Story. Uh, for anyone who has the physical copy of this issue, there's a great in add in here for the origin of Snake Eyes, which we they they did before. But mm-hmm. this is the storyline, by the way. We finally, after 90 issues, saw Snake Eyes face, and it was pretty effed up too. And that movie was garbage that came out yes. this past year. I'm sorry, not sorry. That was a piece of shit film. If you know anything about Larry Hama's writing, yes, he makes a cameo in the movie. And read this story, this is what they should have done for the Snake Eyes movie. Not whatever they did with Snake Eyes working for the mob and betraying Storm Shadow. And he never, by the way, he never gets his face fucked up. He never loses his voice. Mm-hmm. None of that shit happens. They're not going to make another one. They already said that. The sales in the box office were so bad. Wow. Sorry, this was not the movie that people were going to go back to theaters for, people. But tell us how you really feel, Chris. (laughs) Oh, my God. Let's start at the beginning about Snake Eyes. Okay, that's a whole other G.I. Joe podcast. Yeah, please don't. Well, let's move on to the spectacular Spider-Man issue 159. Okay. Agreed. uh, One second to bring that up. And uh, while I'm bringing that up, I just want to say I absolutely love, love Eric Larson's artwork. Yes, oh, yeah. absolutely. Unbelievable. Fantastic stuff. And of course, he would. Uh, the next issue is drawn by Todd McFarlane, his last mm-hmm. issue before he would begin prepping work for Spider-Man number one, which we covered over on Splash Pages. And then right. Eric Larson would take over with a two-part Punisher storyline right afterwards. Nice. Yeah, but- leading into the return of Venom, the Revenge of the Sinister Six, Powerless, Cardiac, you know, Venom Island. Yeah. Oh, speaking so- of Venom, uh, since uh, the movie's... Uh- Ow, uh, there, there's already spoilers hitting hitting the interweb, so be careful. Just want oh, to say that real quick. Is it a worse fucking movie than the first one? Jesus Christ! Do you know? Do you do remember like the origin of Eddie Brock was like a guy who was brought up as a Catholic, and he was disgraced by Spider Man because of the whole Sin Eater storyline, and he tries yeah. to kill himself, and that's how the symbiote finds him. Why did mm-hmm. they make that as a movie? Tell me that that right there, what I just spludged out, is not the best character development for a character for a movie versus him jumping in a fucking lobster tank and eating lobsters. I mean, I think that, again, that it's always about playing to the comedy because I guess they downsize it, which I don't really understand because, yeah, Venom can be funny, you know, but he's like 
he's he's Venom a is hyper a complex character, and what right, they exactly. do is just to sell fucking toys. Yeah, exactly. So I completely forgot that Venom Two was coming out. Not that I I haven't noticed it or I wasn't interested. There's just been so much like. I, I never thought I'd say this, but I feel like we could do with a little less nerd stuff. Like I feel like what? we need a break, just no, a little don't. bit. I th- just no, just I'm just saying, like Chris, in terms of like, I well, just going to get that for the next several weeks because we have also the Adams Family two out this weekend. We have James mm-hmm. Bond next weekend. Mm-hmm. The following weekend we have Halloween. The following right. weekend there's another two films I can't think of off the top of my head. Right. Then we have the Eternals. Then I mean right. it's, it's every week it's just it's nonstop. It, it's yeah. never going to stop. Even even COVID couldn't stop it. <laughs> Damn <laughs> the nerds! Not even COVID could stop us. Right. I mean it's like it's like Venom gets one week to himself and then James Bond. <laughs> right. But it doesn't matter. I'm the one, the movie I'm looking forward to the most is in April. Uh, not April in November. So we all know what that is. But Brother On to Grimm. the uh, Spectacular Spider-Man issue. Yes, please. So, Chris? Spectacular Spider-Man 159, continuing the Acts of Vengeance, the Cosmic Spider-Man storyline, uh, cover date in December 1989. Writer is Jerry Conway. Penciler and cover artist is Sal Basema. Anchor is Micah mm-hmm. Sposito. Bob Sharon. Colorist, letterer Rick Parker. And editor Jim Scallop. The opening of the issue is at the Los Angeles County Jail as Percy and Barton Grimm's, which I think are Iron Man villains, are locked away to yeah. their new cell. However, no sooner after the whole prison is about to shake loose, the Grimm cell is pulled to the sky and they are given a ultimatum to track down and defeat Spider-Man by the Wingless Wizard, who is a Fantastic Four villain and the leader of the Frightful Four. Spider-Man's Spider-Sense goes off, causing him great amount of pain and he's noticing strange cameras all over New York spying on him. Little does he know they are the camera property of Doctor Doom, the Fantastic Four villain who wants to investigate Spider-Man's unknown powers, which he commented on in the previous part of the storyline that we covered. Spider-Man goes to uh, Peter goes to NYC to see if he could be helpful, and he is uh, sent home. J. Jonah Jameson is happy to see Parker and buttering him up to secure his services for his new photojournalism magazine, get him away from Thomas Fireheart, who now owns the Daily Bugle. Uh, over on the Robbie Robertson front, we are, it's uh, basically the same old thing. Robbie is still trying to get acquitted for the charges against him, and uh, mm-hmm. his lawyers believe that he can get a presidential pardon, all the while uh, sleazeball photographer at the Daily Bugle, Nitz Katzenberg, tries to woo Robbie's lawyer, Cynthia. Spider-Man fights the Grimm <laughs> brothers. They toss exploding building. Uh, they toss exploding pies at the stadium, knocking people off of the building. Spider-Man switches down to try and catch them. He notices more of the flying cameras around him, watching his battle with the brothers Grimm. He's able to easily subdue him. And when the battle's over, and he gets his control of his spider sense once again. Doctor Doom finishes his observation of Spider-Man's new powers and decides it's time to take matters into his own hands to deal with Spider-Man. Later, Peter returns to his apartment to learn his wife, Mary Jane, won't be coming home for dinner, and he sits at home cooking a cold microwave dinner by himself. To be continued in Web of Spider-Man number 60. Anybody know anything about the Brothers Grimm? Yeah, I had and no freaking idea. Not the fairy tale authors. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I gotta be honest with you, I had no idea who the hell these guys are, and with all due respect, I kind of don't care. Like, it's just what, like, why? They are crappy Iron Man villains. Um, they were involved in a couple of different gangs, such as the Red Hood and Norman Osborn's Hammer mm-hmm. Unit. 
Um, they went back to the Red Hoods gang and uh, were seen joining in a ransacking of Doctor Doom's castle. That was the last time I saw them. Right. Assuming Doctor Doom walked in on them and just fucking fried frisky feed them. They're kind and, of cool looking villains, but honestly, they're really crappy. <laughs> yeah, and it's... Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, what is it? They, they remind me of some newer spider-man villain i just i think it's rain or regent sure by the way they're not just they're not they're not just iron man villains they're jim rhodes iron man villains no offense to the jim rhodes of the mcu played by the uh talented don Cheadle, but the jim rhodes of the of the marvel comics at this time was kind of a not well-written character. Agreed. Uh, so the fact that he was Iron Man once upon a time is kind of cool. And, you know, we hope that maybe John Cheadle, if he feels up to it, the guy is in his 60s, will, you know, replace uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man on, in the Armor Wars uh, TV series coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh, let's just say that when he was Iron Man, they did not give him good villains to fight. They did not. Uh, the only thing that is his claim to fame is the fact that he was the Iron Man during the um, Secret Wars. Uh, I'm just going to say this real quick uh, and you're probably going to think I'm crazy for it, but their suits kind of reminds me of the Wonder Twins from the Super Friends cartoon. Oh my god, kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. They 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 have like a cool look, except for those stupid looking collars. You know what I mean? I could see a really yeah. talented writer that's really good at writing gothic fiction coming to Marvel with a pitch going, we're going to do the Brothers Grimm. And Marvel will be like, okay... And he's be like, but it's gonna be like a horror story. And right. they can like recreate horror stories like the Grimm brothers, and that's gonna be their crime. You know, right. using like mysterious level special effects. And if somebody did that, I'd be all for it. Because look, Tim Seeley took a character like Shatterstar, who's this like lame ass X Force character, and gave him a miniseries which sold extremely well. Mm-hmm. By the way, right here, the shattered uh, senses, what's right behind Spider-Man? The Twin Towers. Yeah. yeah, and the Spider-Man Twin Tower trailer was re-released online um, oh, nice. in honor of 9-11. Now, in honor of 9-11, not, right. oh, we have to shy away from everything to do with the Twin Towers and take it out of all the media. No, now they released, they re-released that trailer on 9-11 a few weeks ago. I, I remember seeing that. Um, yeah, a lot of people were like, it should never yeah. have been pulled. Oh, I right. lost somebody in 9-11. I'm not offended. You know, people right. were like praising Sony for re-releasing that trailer. Which, of course, yeah. fueled speculation that, you know, uh, Tobey Maguire is going to be in, you know, No Way Home. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Anytime something be, gets dropped. He's going to be Toby and Andrew. I'm oh, no, uh, Andrew has just been constantly, like, downplaying that like crazy. And everyone's been reposting that stupid Photoshop of him leaning against a railing. Which they, by the way, showed another movie that Andrew Garfield is leaning against the railing of, and it's not a Spider-Man movie. Hmm. Listen, I will tell. I just don't care anymore. For me, I'm just like, I just want the movie to be good, like cameos and all that, whatever. But back, back to this. um, Yeah, like I said, I really didn't kind of care for the story until. Madison Square Garden le- literally levitates. I was like, wow, that's a bold move. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Uh, like, look at that. And of course, you know, Sal does does no, no wrong. So that looks awesome. Um, 
How many times has Madison Square Garden been destroyed? The only other time I can think of is in the terrible 1998 Godzilla movie. Yeah, right? That's exactly what I was just about to say, too. Like, right? Um, but, yeah, it just and, and another example of with Peter's cosmic powers, his webs can do anything. I'm like, yeah, apparently they can stop a giant falling, plummeting stadium. I'm like, geez. They can. Cool. I know. Isn't that no. amazing? <laughs> But I, I, I just like I was like, these guys can do this, and then they're throwing pies. I'm like, I, I, I was like, who, wh- what's going on here? Like, what? Like, Doctor Doom has like a sideline uh, role in this storyline, and in the next issue of Spectacular, he does kind of fight Spider-Man. But it would have yeah. been great if, to have a Spider-Man versus Doctor Doom issue with his cosmic powers. Oh, absolutely! That would that would have been really cool. But we don't get that. No, we don't. (laughs) No, we don't, people, unfortunately. And and it's just so sad. Like again, you you you're so used like last time you saw Mary Jane in the last issue, you know, oh, you know, I'm kissing this man that's not Peter. It's the first time since we've been married. Uh, and then you just have Peter like, Yep, wife's not coming home late. It's just me and the TV dinner. You know. you know what's funny about that whole kissing another man scene in the um because we were talking about Eric Larson, um, uh, when he would jump ship over to Spider-Man to fill in for the remaining issues that Tom McFarlane left the book for, uh, right. because of uh you know him leaving Marvel, there's right. a plot line of Mary Jane talking to Peter about having to do a nude scene with Arnold Schwarzenegger or the Marvel equivalent of Arnold Schwarzenegger. No way. Yep. And Peter is the entire subplot line with, with Spider-Man dealing with the Sinister Six nonsense. Mm. Uh, uh, Mary Jane deals with like, you know, struggling with whether or not she should do a nude scene or not for her acting career. You know, don't forget Mary Jane is probably 20 or at least 21 at this point, maybe 20 years old, 22 roughly. I think Peter and Mary Jane after the nineties stayed in their mid twenties forever. Um, you know, they aged them accordingly for a while to get married, but let's face it, in these issues, Mary Jane is definitely drawn as like a woman who looks like in her late 20s or 30s, not Mm -hmm. 20 or 19, whatever age her and Peter got married. Anyway, she doesn't go through with it, obviously, but it's, it's, it is kind of funny because he points out to her, what about like Harry, who just became the Green Goblin again, or Venom, what if they see naked? Right. (laughs) They're gonna attack me and show me pictures of my naked wife and be like, "I've seen your night wife naked, Spider-Man." Oh, I'm yeah. such a child about it. Does that distract you from me wanting to kill you? <laughs> yes, kids. The dilemma of OnlyFans before. Okay, it was ever wait, wait, wait. Go back, go back, uh, Leo, real quick. What lawyer does Robbie's lawyer remind you of? Who helped OJ Simpson? Oh no, was Johnny Cochran? Johnny Cochran, I think, was the white guy, right? No, no, Johnny Cochran. No, wow. Johnny Cochran was the uh, was the black lawyer. Oh, wait, wait. Which one was no? Which one's on the defense with Marsha? The accused, the prosecutor. I'm sorry, the prosecutor. I don't. I don't remember. Shit. Yeah, that 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 lawyer, not Johnny Cochran. I'm sorry. Yes, you're right. Johnny Cochran Uh, was the black lawyer defending O.J. Simpson. But what was the lawyer that was on Marsha Clark's team accusing O.J. Simpson? Okay, was it uh, Alan Dershowitz? Yes, that's who that uh, looks like. And this is years before the O.J. Simpson trial. However, that lawyer 
I don't know if he was big lawyer. I know Cochran was huge at the time, and so was mm-hmm. um, Kardashian. But I don't right. know if this lawyer, that lawyer, was a big shot at this point or not in 1989. Whenever the issue, yeah, 1989, mm-hmm. the issue came out. Um, but that's who that reminds me of. It's it's very funny. Yeah, and I I just still can't believe that that this that the lawyer is in love with Nick Katzenberg. I was like, oh god, I just I can't even get into like I just know. I mean, is yeah. it because he's overweight and this is the first man who's given her attention? I have no idea, but it just it's one of those where like I was like, Yeah, let's just give this like an right, equivalent of a page and a half. Leesball uh photographer, he's a jackass and a jerk, but when he acts when he's around uh, Cynthia, he acts like a gentleman. Every dog has a say, Chris. And I'm, I'm just wondering if they're writing it as like she's getting attention from this, you know guy that you know she never probably doesn't get this type of attention from i I couldn't tell you i was just glad that that we we barely just got about a page and a half and then moved on with our lives yeah a long-standing relationship thankfully so we're not going to see like peter walking in on the two of them having sex like he did uh aunt may and uh jay jonah jameson's father dear god please yeah that was too much yeah that, that that was a thing in comics people peter parker walked in on aunt may having sex with jay jonah jameson's father uh, just prior to them getting married. Oh. Continuity. Oh, speaking of things that I didn't know, I did an article recently that uh, Phil Jimenez revealed that when he first signed on to Marvel, he was supposed to write uh, a, a story arc that was like an infinite crisis-y thing, would have been called Sinister 666, would right. have been like a proto-Spider-Verse yep. story, and it would have been Spider-Man and like other versions of himself dealing with a New York that's taken over by six different... Um, Sinister Sixes. I was like, oh wow. He's like a period in scheme of sixes. I was like, wow, this sounds awesome. And they were like, it's gonna have all this stuff. And one more day and brand new day just basically was like well, um, avoid the internet tomorrow at all costs, unless it's been announced to be late. But according to that's entertainment, they they said they should be getting it tomorrow. Amazing Spider-Man 875 comes out, uh, the legacy numbering. This is oh, the no. last issue of Nick Spencer's run on Spider-Man just before Ben Riley takes over. And uh, this is the issue everyone has been waiting for. It's the end of the Kindred storyline. It's going to wrap up that Harry Osborn Kindred. Um, Sarah Osborn, by the way. Sarah Osborn is the daughter of nobody. It revealed that her Gwen Stacy and Norman Osborn did not bang. They did not have sex. That was all a complete and utter horseshit story created by Kindred years ago to give us a retcon that, thank God, Gwen Stacy did not have sex with Norman Osborn. So that never happened. But yep. Kindred's storyline is finally going to end and possibly the marriage of Peter and Mary Jane will return to continuity. I'm sure the internet will blow up about it tomorrow when the issue finally comes out because there have been no, by the way, previews of this comic book out. So, Or there have been under penalty of lawsuits in jail, Marvel has not, that nothing has been spoiled yet. So, and sometimes places like Spider's Web, which is Zach who came on the show, they get preview mm-hmm. copies of issues of Spider Man. This might not be a comic book Marvel sent a preview out about because they don't want the revelation that the marriage has been restored to be revealed on the internet until well, it stands tomorrow. Chris, it's continuity, it's the Achilles heel of comics forever. That's all so, the time we have here on the Spectacular Salva Cinema Air Podcast. We'll be back in a couple weeks with the next exciting chapters of Acts of Vengeance. 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 As always, guys, it was great. And uh, till next next time, true believers. Excelsior! Ah. <laughs>